Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, 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 and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, the CEO and creative behind Living Strong Consulting. And, you know, we are continuing our journey. All season eight is going to be a health, wellness, and healing journey. Last week, We talked about nutrition, the power of getting back to our roots and connecting with the soil, with actually eating vegetables and and fruits and knowing who your farmer is with Farmer John here in Philadelphia. And now we're going to continue this conversation with acknowledging that movement can be medicine as well. Did you realize that exercise releases chemicals like endorphins and serotonin that improve your mood? It can also get you outside in the world, reducing feelings of loneliness and isolation, and it can put you in touch with others. It can also improve your sleep, which can Um, also be improved in areas of your outlook on life. Exercise pumps blood to your brain. And you all know how I love to talk about the brain, (laughs) which can help you think more clearly. It increases the size of your hippocampus, the part of your brain that actually is responsible for your detailed memories. It also increases the connections between the nerve cells in your brain. This improves your memory and helps protect your brain against injury and disease. And if you exercise regularly, it can actually reduce your stress and attack and address low self-esteem and symptoms of mental health conditions such as depression, anxiety, and it can also help with recovering from mental health issues. Wow. When we're talking about movement being a medicine, I am excited to embark upon a conversation with our guest this week. She is a fitness guru and queen from not only a physical sense, but a faith sense as well. I'd like to introduce to you Sonia Addison Red. She has had the pleasure of wearing many hats during her lifetime. She's been a realtor, an underwriter, a behavioral health um, therapist, And she also teaches as a teacher's assistant, and she's also a daughter of a diabetic parent. And now her most rewarding role, personally and professionally, has been as a fitness instructor and wellness coach. After seeing so many of her members of her family decline prematurely from poor health, 
she became motivated to get healthy and take as many people with her as possible on a health journey. As a professional fitness trainer and health enthusiast, her passion is to guide people towards a healthier lifestyle through vicarious fitness with Christ. It is a faith-based program aimed at helping individuals heal physically, spiritually, and emotionally with a specific focus on on living um, for those who are living with diabetes. She hopes to motivate, inform, and help improve the lives of those struggling and battling against diabetes and to this point in time, nothing lifts her spirit like faith and fitness combined together. So I can't wait for you to hear her journey, her story of victory, and how she absolutely infuses encouragement into all that she does to uplift everyone who vicariously gets into a fitness journey with her. Please join me in an excited and movement-filled welcome of Sonia Addison Red. Welcome to the show, Sonia. Thank you so much. And hello to you and hello to everybody. And thank you for that sweet intro. Absolutely. Um, so I have absolutely, we were talking a little bit before um, getting on um, that I have been on my own kind of fitness journey, especially since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Things really shifted and changed for me, not um, being able to interact with a fitness regimen the same way. Um, and I've openly had shows um, about the fact that at 54, um, going through menopause and managing and battling menopause weight and mm-hmm. trying to really get my mind, my body, and spirit in alignment and to push back discouragement, self-talk that can be absolutely defeating, and to connect with powerful accountability partners. I have two amazing accountability partners. One has already been on the show, and that's Yvonne Richardson. She is um, the owner and entrepreneur of Royalty Hair Salon. And my second one is Kia Wesley, and I've been trying to get her on. So Kia, you heard me. I I gave you a blast out. But having accountability partners to help me in this journey. And so I'd love to hear that that's kind of been my roller coaster experience of health and fitness coming out of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You created (laughs) a whole business and platform on the other side of the pandemic. So tell us about vicarious fitness and, and kind of its birth coming out of the pandemic? Well, um, like you, uh, probably like most people, uh, if you did not come out of the pandemic in some form different, I I don't know what what to tell you, but (laughs) vicarious was birthed in my heart many years ago. 
but it really did not, I, it, I did not create it until during the pandemic mm. because I was home with my son, homeschooling my son, my husband's um, day job never stopped. Um, but in between schooling my son at home, I was spending a lot of time in the presence of God. Mm. a lot of time, um, my reading and everything. And I just felt like this is the time to do it. You have the time, you have the resources. And so I just went for it. And initially I called it fitness with Sonia, but I actually did that in disobedience (laughs) because I knew the name that was given to me. And it, it pulled at me for months wow. that I already had a name. And I mm-hmm. really, you know, just heard the spirit telling me, I gave you a name. Mm-hmm. I gave you this name. Mm-hmm. So I renamed it and I just kind of revamped everything. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to share what fitness and faith did for me. And you brought it up beautifully how exercise can and does relief endorphins, which is a natural happy hormone. So that's what it did for me. And it's just before it was even created, I just found myself worshiping while I was exercising. Back when I was running, I'm not doing too much running now because of my back. I just found myself just being aware of my lungs breathing the air and just being grateful for that being aware that I was running a little better or a little further than I did before and just being grateful for that. So that, that is part of where vicarious uh, came from, but really, as I had mentioned, or you had mentioned in my bio, I had worn many hats and uh, I was not really happy in the corporate world. And that was kind of a trigger for the depression that I started dealing with, which I really believe was there honestly 10 years before it, it got addressed. Mm. But and you know what? Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry to interrupt you, Sonia, okay. but I, I'm curious because I I don't want to move too far away from a point that I'm hoping you will allow me to allow you to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And then let's walk into um recognizing your obedience and, and understanding to, to transition from a place of comfort, um, in the corporate world, because I feel like though there are two questions that people are exploring, especially on this side of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. The first one is if you'll allow me to kind of lean in and be vulnerable for a moment, when you were when you first named your company fitness with sonia what ma- what prompted you to name it fitness with sonia when you knew you had you already had the name that god gave you just thinking that that would be more attractive and that would be that's the way to get more people you know, I just figured, well, I'll call it fitness with Sonia and they'll see that on occasion I'll post a scripture. And so they'll know <laughs> that I am Christian, but you know, I didn't, I was afraid of 
that people would not be drawn to it with that yeah. name. Yes. So, yeah. so thank you for being honest, because I was curious if that um, if that was the reason behind uh, why you started off with that name. And I feel like I was prompted to ask you that question because I think there are um, many people who are believers who are afraid mm-hmm. to get out into um, social media, out onto platforms, putting themselves out there, openly um, connecting their business with their faith, because we're not sure of, you know, is anyone going to follow? Is anyone going to listen? Is anyone? And, and if we are willing to just trust what we have been given by the person who gave it to us, (laughs) it's scary. It is scary. I know I, I, you know, on the different platforms, because Living Strong Consulting is not a Christian consulting company, but I am a believer. So I bring mm-hmm. love and light um, that I believe God has given me in everything I do. Mm-hmm. But when you are openly talking about your faith, you, you, it can get you to where you're like, oh, do I say it? Will it be popular? And have us in a place where we actually start off sabotaging ourselves from the very beginning. Yes, yes. And I I did that um, Mm -hmm. until I literally couldn't do it anymore because I I knew the spirit kept telling me, I gave you the name. I gave you the name. So I did have to go back and change it. And I accepted the fact that I will probably lose some, that I would lose some followers. And I did. I lost some followers. Some people were following me that I was like, oh, they're following me. Yay. And then when I changed the name, they left. But I knew that I would not have the success that God had for me if I kept it as fitness with Sonia. I might have had some success, but ultimately I want what God has for me. So I had to step out and do that. And I learned that more people were interested in it than I thought. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just glad that I was obedient because there, there's safety in obedience. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. So now let's let's move into because I also know there are many people who are listening who are like, I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. And also if they have been tracking last week's guest, also Krista Barfield shared I was unhappy in what I was doing. I was burned out in what I was doing and I needed to step out and actually identify and walk in the thing that really brings me joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how has coming from the corporate world actually helped you in building vicarious fitness? Um, It's such it's it's different, very different, and I'm a lot more peaceful. I have more time. Um, like I said, I had well, I didn't say it to the people listening, but to you, <laughs> I took a pay cut, and but it was totally worth it because I can sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and I have time with mm-hmm. my family. When I was in the corporate world, my nine to five was more like a seven to seven or uh, seven to nine. I didn't have any time. And by the time I got home, I was only 
preparing to do it again the next day. And the weekends were like, I was trying to decide if I want to have fun or if I want to relax. You know, I was just, I was grinding as they call it. And it, it was really taking a toll on me. And Mm -hmm. in, uh, I know it was October. I can't remember if it was 2009 or 2010, but I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I went into the bathroom where I was working and I called my husband and I said, I have to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need you to be with me on this. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I was, I was a property manager at that time in the Bronx, mm-hmm. and we were given, I think, ten buildings to manage. And in the Bronx and in Manhattan, one building can have like fifty apartments. Wow! <laughs> so I was trying to manage like 50 apartments for all these different buildings. And then we had to take care of walk-in clients. We couldn't leave them at the front desk too long. It was just, it was, it it was entirely too much. And when I, yeah, when I left to go to work, it was dark outside because I was trying to get there early. When I came back, it was dark outside and I only had time to like eat. And I knew I wanted to have a child or children and I wanted to have time for my child. So I was, I just said to myself, I have to start making changes. So my husband was with me and I know it wasn't easy for him, but I thank God he understood. And he really, I think he knew it was coming because he lived with me. (laughs) So he knew when I was coming home, I was just like, so worn out Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't worth it to me anymore. Yeah. When we can get be so caught up in the grind, as you said, that we can lose sight of how it is actually grinding us down Mm -hmm. and we lose our connection in relationships, our connection with ourselves. We lose connection with actually how healthy we're eating, Mm -hmm. how, um, how much we're actually moving. We lose sight of all of that because we are connected to that grind so deeply. And I know that you have a journey or a story Mm -hmm. around how your fitness walk and being um, relieved of the depression to the depths that it used to be. And you also referenced a moment ago that you feel like that depression was there before it actually peaked. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of give us your flip side perspective on the connection to the depression that you were feeling and the flip to how you are using fitness Mm -hmm. for uh, a healthier journey? Well. There are two generational strongholds in my family. One is depression and one is diabetes. And um, I started experiencing the depression the first time I was in college. And I didn't quite know what was going on, but I knew um, something wasn't right. And I was talking to my mother about it because she struggled with it. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad would come and pray for me and then I could sleep. And then, you know, the next day it was kind of coming back. And as crazy as this sounds, I just sort of learned to live with it, navigate. Doesn't sound it. crazy at all. <laughs> yeah. People and, do. And I know someone is connecting with the fact when you said that. Yeah. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. So many people, and and I'm even where I am now um, in my life. I'm still meeting people who are dealing with that. But um, when I got older and got married, it started to become a little heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, I I found someone to talk to, and you know, she told me that she believes what I had was low grade depression. Mm -hmm. And that's why I said, um, I managed it because low grade depression is, is like, it's always there. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's not as bad. It kind of becomes a part of you as opposed to someone who may have, um, serious bouts, you know, for long periods of time, mine was kind of constant. And it's just like, you're taking your purse every day. This is just kind of a part of you. But um, I knew I didn't want to take medication and I, I'm definitely not against it because there are some people who do need it because their body does not produce enough serotonin or, or cannot balance it. So I'm not against it, but I didn't want to do that. So um, once I started exercising to kind of burn up my anxiety energy, mm-hmm. I realized that I felt a lot better and that's when I started researching on exercise and how it connects to men- mental health and the endorphins that are released. Mm-hmm. So it, it just became a constant and I was always praying. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a point in my life where I was home um, when I left that job, I was home for quite some time. So I would just pray and exercise and, and just have my quiet time with God before I started trying to um, register for school because I did wind up going back to school again. Yeah. But it just made such a difference. I mean, they're both spirit lifters, mm-hmm. <laughs> exercise yeah. and time with Christ. So it's a win-win. Yes. Um, and I also want to underscore what you just said. Um, everyone's health journey with depression um, is your individual journey. But I think what really stood out for me and what you just shared is recognizing that until you at least pause the grind mm-hmm. so that you can seek the right professional help, the right medical help, and if you are a person of faith, spiritually reconnect and get grounded and recognize that the grind is not going to be the thing that is actually going to give you it. It's like, it's um, a never ending pace Mm -hmm. that you're literally grinding your soul down. But until you pause to give yourself a breath and take the measures that are necessary for you to look up, Mm -hmm. to breathe, to actually connect with a counselor, to connect with a medical doctor or a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. that can actually evaluate what's going on and you can get real answers, not just what you think, Mm -hmm. but actually get real answers. And then if you're a believer, get connected spiritually in relationships and movement in, um, in fellowship with Christ. It's an opportunity for you for it literally can change how you're viewing everything. Yeah. How you're viewing everything. And that image you gave of literally, it's like your low grade depression was just like picking up your pocketbook that day. It just became a part Mm -hmm. of, of who you were, but you, you felt like that wasn't who you wanted to continue to be. Yeah. 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 
who's really been the, the greatest influence for you besides Christ, besides your faith? Is there, is there, a, are there other individuals who have really influenced this, sh- this shift or change for you? Um, in, you mean my shift in careers, career, mm-hmm. um, outlook, fitness, fitness goals, all of it. Yeah. Oh, well, oh my gosh. For fitness goals. I, um, if you follow me, you know, I love, uh, Layla Ali. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she is so inspirational. I mean, she's another one who wears many hats. She, she was a boxer. She has an entrepreneur. I mean, she's an entrepreneur. She has all these different beauty lines and clo- um, clothing lines and seasonings and things like mm-hmm. that. And um, Jeanette Jenkins is someone that um, I followed. They call her the Hollywood trainer. And she was actually the person that I learned about endorphins and the happy drug from. And, you know, she really encouraged me a lot because she talked about how it was for her when she first became a trainer and how she went through some discouraging times if she didn't have um if she didn't have the body that people thought she should have, they kind of would shy away from her. And, you know, she went through her struggles with feeling some type of way about herself. So yeah, those people I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very encouraged by. So they have encouraged you. Mm-hmm. Where do you connect or how do you help your clients who may have not been movement has not been a part of their journey leading (laughs) up to this point in time. Uh How do you encourage them to get started when that, when movement can actually be kind of a a scary piece. So we have about three minutes before our first break, but let's start this part of the conversation and then we Mm -hmm. can finish it after the break. Sure. Um, I just, I try to start off by telling them any movement versus none is progress. Mm -hmm. So if you weren't doing anything and you start walking 20 minutes a day, you're doing great. I don't want people to feel like they have to start out, you know, heavy lifting and running and no, honestly, fitness looks different for everyone. There are some people who don't like lifting. There are some people who don't like HIIT workouts. They would prefer Pilates or Zumba. Wherever you can do it and feel good doing it, that's where you should start. Mm-hmm. So it really isn't about <laughs> transferring the working grind into the grind of fitness. It's actually finding the movement in however small, incremental, but consistent yes. ways, wherever you start, just start That's and right. get consistent as opposed to starting out too fast, too hard. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like you failed and then you quit. It's right. it's more of starting small, starting slow, but mm-hmm. being consistent. Right. What role does nutrition? Oh, wait, you know what? I don't, I, because nutrition, I want to actually give us a minute for that because I feel like sometimes that old adage, we hear it all the time, but I think some people continue to believe that you can outwork a bad diet and that's, and it's not true. No, (laughs) I'll tell you after the break, how I know. (laughs) 
Well, we're getting ready to take a um, short break, but before we do that, I want to give you an opportunity to support me in a project that I am currently working on. I am a board member of Quest Healing um, Quest Healing Trauma Centers, and we are located here in the Philadelphia community. And the goal is to be able to take trauma healing to the streets and actually support specifically initially those in the Kensington area in Philadelphia. And if you know anything about what's happening in Philadelphia, the level of crime that's impacting young people right now is absolutely impacting their outlook on life, their physical health their mental health and their emotional health and even their spiritual health. And this summer, in partnership with Urban Worship Centers, we are hosting Life Hurts, Love Heals, Teen Trauma Healing Camps for Teenagers from June 26th to June 30th. Now, this is how I'm hoping you can get in on being a part of Love and Light for Teens in the Philadelphia area. Our goal is to raise $20,000 for the camps that will be held this summer. And on my social media page, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, there's a crowdfunding opportunity for you to just contribute no gift is too small, no gift is too great to help us move towards that $20,000 goal to bring teen trauma training to youth, healing groups to youth, and generational trauma training to the community. Let us be a part, an answer to love for a crying community of young people. Again, go to my social media page, Dr. Virdra Jackson, and join in. Connect arms with me and Quest Trauma Healing Centers in order for us to bring trauma healing to the streets of Philadelphia. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. What if the most special part about you was not how you fit in, but how you stood out in a world that has never seen your kind of beauty? What if you could walk confidently in your God-given beauty, identity, and purpose? My name is Sandra Coates, and I am the founder and visionary of a movement called United and True. We want every woman to know that she is being transformed, she has been redeemed, and she is unique. I'm also an author of a newly released book called None Like Her. It is about awakening the beauty and the value that is within every woman. You see, it's time that we rise up through the confusion and the chaos and the comparison and the shame to know that there is nothing more we need to do to access the beauty that is within us. Please visit sandracoats.com for more information. 
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been talking with Sonia Addison Red, and she has been walking us through her journey of developing a faith and fitness connection, not only for her healing, but also for those who are in her circle, her client base, and even members within her family. And I'd love for us to jump into the part of the conversation I had started, and I didn't want to cut it short, is how important is nutrition in this health journey? I know that you have a deep connection with fitness and um, diabetes, Mm -hmm. so I know that's all connected. Can you walk us through your perspective on nutrition? Yeah, um, and I can tell you, one of the things you mentioned before we went to break was that people think they can outwork a bad diet. And I actually had a former client say that to me one day, oh, you can you can eat that, you work out. But let me tell you something. I work out consistently about four times a week for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I've always done that. And three years ago, I was told that I was pre-diabetic. Wow. I wasn't overweight. <laughs> I was constantly moving. But I was told that I was pre-diabetic and that that really shook me and rocked my world because I didn't want diabetes. You know, I remember when my father was first diagnosed, I think he was uh, about the same age, around 40. And I didn't really know what it was. I was little and I just saw commercials about it, but I knew that I was scared for him. And then 10 or 15 years later, my mother got it. Yeah. And, you know, I had some family members that had died from it. So I was like, oh, no, I got to take care of this. I I have to nip this in the bud. I have a child. So while I was I don't eat terrible and people used to tell me, oh, my gosh, you eat so well. How did you get it? Sometimes it's just in the genes. Yep. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just in the genes. But I, I was indulging a little bit, you know, here and there. And I knew I shouldn't have been. So I had to make. Um, some changes. And thankfully, yes, a few months ago, I made three years uh, of no longer being a pre-diabetic. Oh, congratulations. Three years and maintaining. (laughs) So can you give us maybe three very specific things when you got that diagnosis about being pre-diabetic? What are three specific things that you changed in your lifestyle and or in your food that mm-hmm. you feel, feel were key? Cause you said you were already yep. working out. So what, what else did you need to shift? Um, I had to get rid of the sugar in the sneaky places. Because- sneaky places. Yeah. Sugar <laughs> in the sneaky places. I know Yvonne <laughs> is clapping about that one. Yes. Yeah. Because we think of, you know, 
cookies, cakes, brownies, and things like that. But we have to think about things like cereal, mm-hmm. yogurt, bread, certain kinds of bread, um, white bread, white pasta. So I started eating plain yogurt and I would season it with a little monk fruit or um, a little bit of honey. And I, I really had to manage the way I drink tea every night. I love tea. And let me tell you something, I don't want to scare you, but I used to have one spoon of cane sugar and two tablespoons of honey in my tea. <laughs> I know. I no judgment here. No judgment here. Until I was introduced to monk, uh, monk, monk fruit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Until I was introduced to monk fruit and I got it on auto ship. Now I don't even buy mm-hmm. sugar anymore until I was introduced to it. Absolutely. That was me too. Yeah. My so, tea was loaded up. It was actually sh- tea with my sugar. Yeah, exactly. That, that's <laughs> what I was doing. And I had to scale back. So first I got rid of the tablespoon of sugar. Then eventually I got now I'm down to one packet of monk fruit and a teaspoon of sugar. And I'm only drinking tea once a day. I have to have it at night, every night. So yeah, I got rid of sugar in the sneaky places. I had to tell myself the kitchen is closed two and a half to three hours before bed. Because eating at night is a good way to encourage your body to become diabetic. (laughs) Wow. So two to three. Two, two to two and a half hours. Yeah, sometimes like I go to bed around nine thirty, sometimes ten. So I'll stop eating at six thirty. So that you tell yourself the kitchen is closed. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, okay. Because eating closer to your bedtime, um, your body, the way it's trying to break down the food and the mm-hmm. sugars. Yeah. Um, at night when you're going to bed with too much, still on your stomach, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So and kitchen is closed two yeah. and a half to three hours, get rid of sugar in the sneaky places. And what's the third one? Move, move, <laughs> move. Because so many people, and I tell them it doesn't have to be that hard. If you live in an apartment building on the third floor, take the stairs. If you're watching TV on the commercial break, do one flight. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I, I I don't want to go too deep into this because I'm not a doctor, but from what I understand, people with diabetes, lack of movement is slow death Mm. or speeding up death. However you want to look at it because the blood thickens, you know, you have to move to keep the blood moving. And Mm. just like I, I was doing with my father, because he's in the bed, he's been in the bed for almost three years now. And there was a shortage of um, physical therapists. Mm-hmm. So I'm off in the summer times. I would go over there in the summertime and I would move with my dad. I'd help him move his legs and he would have the weights and he would tell me I'm starting to feel a little better. And I'm like, that, that is what it's about. People, some people don't realize something as simple as moving is so good for your physical and your mental health is rewarding. Oh, wow. Sneaky places with sugar, close mm-hmm. the kitchen two to three out, two and a half to three hours before bed and move. It doesn't have to be big. Mm-hmm. It needs to be consistent. 
yes. and find the, the it, it sounded like when you initially introduced it, recognizing if you live on the third floor, take the, that flight of stairs sometimes. So it's almost like you're saying, build the movement in yes. to daily routines if you're not ready for an actual workout routine yet. Yes. And that, that reminds me of the principle of said, and trainers know what I'm talking about. Said is specific adaptation to imposed demands. Mm. Your body is going to adapt to what you start doing. And it's the, just the same. Nothing begets nothing. If you don't do anything, you'll, you're going to wind up doing less. You are training your body on what to do. So as the saying goes in the fitness world, if you want to be able to lift heavier, lift heavier. If you want to be able to run faster, start running faster. You have to, you have to step out, start doing it. And your body is going to adjust to it. Your body, I mean, we're not machines, but we're capable of a lot of things. You just have to try. And like you said, be consistent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and stay in your lane, run your race, because it is so easy, even as a trainer to, to look at what this trainer is doing and what that trainer is doing and how they look. Your journey is very personal and it's yours. So it's not going to go well if you if you're trying to have someone else's journey. And I could I'm I'm going to slow down, but even talking about the different body types, the three soma types, what might work for someone else's body is probably not going to work because you have a different genetic bot, body type. So, so can you tell us what those three body types are? Yeah, it there's ectomorph, endomorph, and mesomorph. So I'll start with me. I'm an endomorph. My body likes to hold on to fat and it's hard to gain muscle. So as an endomorph, cardio is important to me and heavy weights. I'm not genetically um, muscular like a mesomorph. You know, some of the athletes, well, I don't know if they are genetically muscular because they're athletes, but there are some people like my older sister, she's got these muscles and shoulder caps and she does not exercise. <laughs> and I'm just like, how, you know, I guess I got my father's side. <laughs> We're kind of big, you know, and tall people. But so she isn't, she's a mesomorph because she's genetically muscular. Then there are ectomorphs. They're uh, thinner people who actually have a hard time gaining weight. Mm -hmm. And I know some ectomorphs who are body shamed because people are saying, you know, you want to look like this, you're skinny. And they're telling me I can't gain weight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so those are the three body types. So if you're an endomorph like me, you don't need to train like a, a mesomorph who's kind of naturally got these muscles. Your training is going to be different. And so is your diet. Wow. And when we talk about the training process and, and I want to speak um, to and speak for uh, some of my older listeners as I am now, I'm a Gigi now, <laughs> I am 54 this you year. Amazing. You I You are kind. Thank you. <laughs> and I have found mm -hmm. um, when I was younger, I feel like I, my body structure was such that it took very little for me to look muscular mm -hmm. and toned. Since menopause, yeah. it is very difficult for me to lose 
fat and to, to get my body into the same level of movement. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've gotten advice around lifting weights because I'm older, mm-hmm. um, not crippling, but that lifting weights when at, as I'm getting older is important. What are some of, do you have any thoughts about that as well? Oh yeah. Lifting weights is important to women in general because it helps not only build muscle, but build bone. So we tend to lose bone over the years. Some of us, if you have osteopenia and osteoporosis. So weight training is really important just for that alone. But I try to tell some women, don't be afraid to lift heavy. You know, there, a lot of women are afraid to get big and bulky, but honestly, you want to build muscle because if you build that lean muscle, it's going to help you burn fat better. And I see sometimes people have these tiny weights, five and six. And if you've been exercising for a long time, you have to graduate to heavier weights and you have to kind of shock your body. Don't do what you've been doing before. Maybe it's time to do something a little different. If you've been walking on the treadmill 20 minutes every night, maybe it's time to run on the treadmill, or maybe it's time to get a stair climber. You know, your body can kind of get used to get stuck on autopilot and you got to jolt it a little bit. Yeah. It's almost like that plateau concept over time. It has, it now knows that movement and it's an opportunity to up to level it up so that you continue to change and adapt. And I even think about the, the brain activity that happens as you add on new exercises and new movement as you Mm -hmm. impact your memory and your thinking and critical thinking and problem solving, all of that can be connected to that body movement as well, Mm -hmm. especially as we're getting older. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I have one more question. So this, these are my questions and, and I hope people who have questions, you can put yours in, but as I'm thinking about not only the movement part, mm-hmm. but what about the stretching part? Oh my goodness. Don't, don't hurt my feelings. Cause I'm not, a, I, I don't stretch. Well, don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> that is just as important. That, that is just as important and stretch stretching is not only something that helps prevent pain and overuse injury. It helps you move better. So you can't really move well with tight muscles and you could be prone to pull something, but not only that, I mean, to me, it's just, I see people exercise and at the end they'll do like a very quick stretch. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 please don't. You don't want to have tight muscle. Like if you've worked on your chest with these heavy weights and then you walk away, you got to stretch that. You don't want to sculpt like that, you know? Because it will. So what happens if you have lifted or if you have ran Mm -hmm. and you've done this um, really these really powerful moves Mm -hmm. and then you just walk away and go on with the rest of your day? What's happening to your muscles if you don't stretch them in after you've done that exercise? There I'd like to say they're shortening. Okay. And I don't know if you've ever seen like some men who are really, really built a really, really muscular up tight, uh, up top. They almost look like this, mm-hmm. like they, mm-hmm. they can't, like they're tight. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're stretching, but to me, it looks like they're not. 
You right. really want to stretch. Just think longevity. 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 Mm-hmm. You you want to be able to use these muscles for years, not just to show off. You want to be able. You want to be in this game. Listen, if you're like me, I would prefer to go still on my feet and not dependent on anyone. I don't know if that's God's plan for me, but that's what I want. I want longevity. So you have to treat your body right and your muscles need to be stretched. At the beginning of an exercise, at the, at the beginning of a routine, you want to do active stretches. So moving side to side at the end, you want to do the holding stretches. You don't want to do the holding stretches first because you're telling your body to relax. No, no, no. At the beginning, you're telling your body, get ready because I'm going to do this later with a weight. So if you're going to be squatting and pressing, start doing slow squats. If you're going to be lunging, start with low lunges because you want to tell your body, this is what I'm getting ready to do. Get ready. Mm-hmm. So active stretches in the beginning, mm-hmm. workout, and then holding stretches at the end to lengthen um, to lengthen those muscles that you just um, really worked out, put a lot of tension on. Yeah. So I know we are, I cannot believe how fast this time has gone by already. Can you give us an understanding of how can someone connect? So give us, we've talked about your journey. We've talked about concepts of fitness, but what exactly is vicarious fitness with Christ? How can people be a client? Do they have to be in New York in in order to be your client? Give us the, the, the whole lowdown on um, your program. Okay. Vicarious Fitness Through Christ is a faith-based fitness ministry. No, you do not have to be in New York. I have uh, virtual clients and there are some clients that I travel to. And what I do basically there, I have a few different packages. The Focus 5 package is um, five workouts at a set price of $125. And it's really just a jump start. Like if you fell off the wagon, here's five classes to get you back on board. But I found that people have been enjoying renewing those. So that's fine too. And then there's another package um, of eight classes for, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. I think it's 200. I'm so sorry, but (laughs) it could be virtual or in person. And what we do is I always begin each session with a scripture Mm -hmm. and with a prayer. And then depending on the workout, we go hard or we do Pilates. And at the end, speaking of stretching, you were talking about, we generally stretch to worship music. So it's a two-way release. We're kind of worshiping and releasing the physical body as well. It's, it's beautiful. And my clients are my accountability partners. I love them. Thank you guys so much. And I even saw uh, on one of your posts that you did something with a small group of ladies. So it doesn't have to be one-on-one all the time? No. And I actually have a group class coming up next month, May 6th, um, at the Tuckahoe Community Center again. And it's called Easy on the Joints, Tough on the Core, because I get people in my inbox telling me all the time, I want to come to your class, but I'm afraid I can't do it. And so I've created something that is wonderful for all levels. Beginner, it's suitable for everyone. So it's fun, rhythmic, light cardio, but we go tough on the core. (laughs) I love that title. I love that title. Easy on the joints and tough on the core. Oh yeah. You're speaking my language. And so how can people find you and connect with you? 
um, they can go to my website, which is www.vicariousfc.com. They can find me on Instagram at vicarious underscore fitness TC, or you can type in Sonia Red. I might pop up there also. And Facebook, Vicarious Fitness Through Christ as well. Beautiful. Uh, Sonia, this has been such um, an encouraging conversation. I even just appreciate you answering my own personal questions from my own journey. I think fitness can be really intimidating. Movement can be really intimidating. Exercising can be misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And I think you allowed some people to really realize that it isn't about always going hard, right? but it's actually about being consistent and your transparency about your journey has been um, also encouraging. And so just one more time before we go, Mm -hmm. I'd love for you to think about someone who is feeling scared, discouraged, Mm -hmm. and um, having some toxic self talk about themselves or their body and they're listening today Mm -hmm. Um, we have about two minutes left can you just speak to him or her yeah um in this last closing moment yeah um get out of your head a lot oftentimes we look at things with a bigger microscope on ourselves than other people are looking at us you know it's if you need help, get help. Like I did, you know, see someone and please, please believe you are not alone. There are so many people who go through depression, who have negative self-talk. And I still have to catch myself from time to time and remember and speak the word of God that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. We all matter to God and we all matter to someone else. So don't give up, find what, what brings you joy and do that. Thank you so much, Sonia. This has been a powerful flip side conversation and an opportunity for those who desire to create that flip in fitness, in faith, in your mental status, your mental state. It is accessible to you. Mm -hmm. You now have an opportunity to answer the question. Do I want to be well? Yes. How will you answer that question? Reach out for the help that is available. And we encourage you, there is a flip side to adversity. And we're here to be love and light and encourage you on that journey. I hope that this conversation has given you a first step and inspiration to move forward. And we will be continuing for the entire season eight, a conversation of health, wellness, and healing. So stay with us. Same place, same time, right here on the flip side. We'll see you next week. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. What if the most special part? Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. 
Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Doodling as a spiritual practice? This new form of mindfulness therapy allows your spirit to rest, relax, and regroup from the stresses of everyday life. The good news is you don't have to be a trained artist. The only qualification you need is feeling overwhelmed with life's challenges. Doodling is simple, inexpensive, and all you need is pen and paper. If you are ready to quiet your mind,